Hi, everybody. How's it going? Happy Friday and welcome back. Look, somebody somebody needs to lock me up and throw away the key because I can't stop spending money <laughs> like on, on just things I do not need. And also, I feel like I always do this right before the holidays. I start buying myself things that I would want for Christmas just because I have no impulse control. Is anybody else like that? Please tell me you are. But anyways, I recently have made two, well, I've made way more than two purchases, but there's only two that I'm going to tell you about because the first one, um, I'm sitting here wrapped up, just all cozy in my new bathrobe. I have had the same bathrobe since I think third grade. One of my really good friends, her grandma stitched my name onto it. So it's a great bathrobe. However, let's just say it doesn't cover all the bits and pieces anymore. I'm a little bigger than I was in third grade. So it was time for an upgrade. I justified that. So I bought this nice fuzzy pink one from Target. It's got hearts and it is so cozy. And I have decided recently that I'm gonna be that person that gets up and just puts their bathrobe on over their pajamas. I've always just been a People wear this to, you know, you see them in the movies, they, they're walking outside to get the newspaper with their coffee and they're, they're just wrapped in their bathrobe. Anyways, I'm that person now. Another thing, it's not really related to coziness, but it was definitely um, an expensive purchase for what it is. If you haven't heard of the hatch alarm clock, well, let me just tell you about it because <laughs> uh, maybe I can get you to go and buy it too and make me feel better about myself. Basically, it's a normal alarm clock that is over a hundred dollars. <laughs> that's really that's really all it is. It's very pretty to look at. It has this kind of orb light on the top, so it it glows. And the whole the whole concept of the clock is that it wakes you up by kind of making a sunrise in your room. So thirty minutes before your alarm goes off, the sun starts to rise in your room. And it's just supposedly, I mean, I will say, I can testify, it's a nice way to wake up. And it actually worked. I naturally woke up from the light. And it's getting super dark here really early. And so I kind of freaked out that I'm going to get seasonal depression. So I just clicked buy on Amazon. It was on sale. Okay, so don't sue me. But you can also set like a nighttime routine on it. So like I have mine set. Uh, when I get in bed, I press the button on the top and it turns on like very cozy red light and then after 30 minutes the light shuts off and then my white noise turns on so it's like you know it's totally worth the money <laughs> no you're probably thinking alicia why there, there's probably um a normal alarm clock that could do that or actually you know what your phone could do that and you could just get some led strip lights if you wanted to wake up anyways you know what? No regrets. I love it and I'm choosing to use it to the fullest and I'm gonna just go ahead with the narrative that it is helping me wake up in the morning so everyone else can GTFO. Okay? Hop off. I love my hatch alarm clock and my bathrobe but also take my debit card away because I need to stop spending money. I'm supposed to be spending money on other people for Christmas. Also, I think I'm gonna do a um like a Christmas gift idea podcast. I don't know though, because it's really hard when you can't see the stuff. Like it might just be boring to hear somebody talk about it. I don't know. 
We'll see. We'll see if I can come up with like a good list of things. Anyways, that's my really only life update (laughs) is that I can't stop spending money. So that's my toxic trait this week. But today I wanted to talk about more in depth than I have. I know I've mentioned trusting your gut, listening to your gut in past podcasts. But I mean, that's been something that I've been really learning in the last year of my life. I wanted to kind of dive deeper into it because I had this really crazy moment when I was in therapy the other day and I wanted to share it with you and kind of unpack it. So if you want to know more about trusting your gut, what it means to do that, why it's important, really more about the gut-brain connection and just how it can make you a healthier person as a whole. Really what this episode boils down to is how it can actually keep you safe, how it can help you process things in life, and then how it can make you feel more confident and secure as a person. Okay, well, here's the thing. Something you're going to notice, or if you haven't already, is that everything in this podcast is connected. Every thought process, every revelation, every theme that I have highlighted in most of my podcasts, they're all connected because that's just kind of how things work. So it's kind of cool to look back and see that and know that I'm kind of just like pulling out different ideas from the things that I have gone through, processed, or whatever. So I don't want to say I don't put thought into this podcast because I for sure do. And I definitely, I sit down and I have (laughs) creative brainstorm sessions with myself. But I also really wanted to just like stay kind of candid and authentic. And so I told myself that I can do some planning, but I want to see the things that I am experiencing the week that I'm recording this. So it always is pretty relevant to something that I'm going through. You might, honestly, you might think that I think about just the same five things over and over and over, and I just continue to learn about them. But to me, I feel like such a a natural part of life is just adding on to what you knew and, and re kind of reestablishing the things that you feel like you know now versus what you thought you knew. But something that I've been seriously spending so much time thinking about this week is I really truly noticed it when I was at counseling a couple of days ago and I was sitting there and I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I just looked at my counselor and I was like, man, I've actually come a really long way in the past even just six months and I I haven't had a moment like that in so long and I I seriously I was emotional I just sat there and kind of started weeping because I was like I haven't taken the time to sit and think about all of the things that I have either let go or stopped um dwelling on or you know and I mean obviously because I've let go of them like they're not a part of my life or I don't struggle with the same things that I used to or at at least as much and so it's like of course you don't notice it when they're gone because they're not plaguing you and you don't need help but I just had this moment where I was like I am so proud of myself and for the first time in so long I feel like I actually know who I am And so then I started thinking about this concept of like, who am I? 
how do I know who I am? How do I know when I know who I am? And I think what I can kind of track back to is, and I've talked about this in several of the previous podcasts, but just how in the last two years of my life, I was so busy and I was so distracted, I think, that I I truly felt like I have no clue who I am. Like, I kind of know what I care about, but I don't feel like I fully care about. I don't know. I just, I didn't feel invested in myself. I was trying to find who I was in everything else instead of just spending time with myself actually learning about who I am. And that's a hard concept because there's not a an exact formula to finding who you are. I think it's different for everybody. But I, I could not help but like just sit in this appreciation because for so long, I couldn't explain why, but I didn't know who I was. And now I can't explain why I feel like I know who I am, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. I think tacked onto that because I didn't have this strong sense of identity for a little bit. I think that I was so performance-based and I was so terrified of doing things wrong. And now I look back and I'm like, what the heck? That's literally how you learn. Like, you have to make mistakes. You actually have to. And if you knew it was a mistake when you were making the choice, like, you wouldn't do it. But that's the whole point is when you're making decisions, you don't know that maybe down the road you're going to be like, why did I do that? So anyways, I've always been really scared of making the wrong decisions. But I think in reflecting on all of this and feeling like I have this stronger sense of what I value and what I believe and and really just kind of finding peace in that, I've thought a lot about, okay, well, where the heck did that come from? Like, how did I do that? And during this, the last six months, I honestly couldn't have told you. Like I said, there's not an exact formula. But in hindsight, you just see everything so much more clearly. And I think that truly such a huge part of that was learning to pay attention and to trust myself. And I don't know, it doesn't sound that deep, but it really is. And for me, it's just been this really day-to-day battle and and I mean a lot of it involved you know healing from different things and loss and grief and there's so many of those elements that I'm still processing and I probably will my entire life but I've reached the point where I'm like I am okay with that I am actually so much more okay with not being perfect than with just trying to fit some mold that I've created for myself. But all of this goes back to this idea of gut feeling and your intuition and your identity. So obviously earlier I mentioned that there's kind of three things that I have taken away from doing this, like I guess you could call it gut health work, which I always bash on this gut health stuff. But this is more of psychology and like science behind how um, 
We're driven by emotions and by just our bodies processing information subconsciously. That affects us more than we know. And I had no idea. (laughs) And I literally studied this in college. So I just think this is super interesting. I'm the type that's kind of hungry for this information, not because, well, maybe because I want to be perfect, but I think a little piece of me always will want (laughs) to just like be perfect in people's eyes, which is stupid, but it's just so fascinating to me because there's literally something every day that I can think about to grow my mind or grow my self-awareness. Like I said earlier, I think that the three themes that I have really pulled from the last six months of my life and in being really intentional about just changing the way that I view myself and trust myself. I also want to say that I think this whole idea of trusting your gut, what it really means is to feel connected to yourself and feel like you are standing on solid ground and that you have found a healthy balance between reason and emotion. And so when we can learn to practice these things, it makes day-to-day stuff so much easier to process, to um, handle, and to make like decisions about. So like I said, I have realized that this kind of work that I've been doing in in and out of therapy, it's not this step-by-step manual of how you do it. It's just practicing certain things, which I'll get into later. I've found that it has helped to keep me safe in certain situations. And that can kind of also go back to I've been a lot less anxious about things. And then second, it really helps you to process, like I said, the things around you a lot quicker and almost subconsciously, like you're not exerting so much energy with everything that's happening. I feel like I used to be such a chronic overthinker and a lot of that was based on other people's opinions of things. And then third, it has made me so confident and feel so much more secure in who I am. And I don't know. I look back and I compare to what I felt six months ago and I'm like, holy crap, I really have come so far. And that's so cool to me. So anyways, I'm going to kind of try and break down in an organized way. It probably won't be organized, let's just be honest, but just kind of walk you through my experience and where I started and how I felt through the entire process of this. It's interesting because Again, hindsight is twenty twenty. It's just funny because I think we're more aware of these gut feelings or nudges than we think. And sometimes we choose to ignore them because we either want a different outcome or it's uncomfortable or whatever. And oftentimes, whether we kind of go with our gut or not, we end up eventually going with what our gut originally said. But I think for me, it started when I, I mean, I knew for some reason that I needed to move back to Washington. And this was before a lot of things happened in my life in Phoenix right before I left. To put it in few words, a lot of things kind of blew up um, before I left Phoenix. But I had this feeling before that I was supposed to move back to Washington. And I honestly, I didn't really know what else to do. And I had no other plan. So I kind of went with it. And I was like, all right, that'll be my plan. And then, I mean, a series of things happened. I mean, relationally in my life and at church and all these things. And then my neighbor's apartment literally burned up in flames. And I had to like move out of my apartment like two months before my lease was up. 
So anyways, that definitely nudged me back to Washington very quickly. And at the time, I was insanely upset. Like, my time was cut short there. I didn't really get to say a proper goodbye to people. It was traumatic, like all of these things. And then I actually tried to start counseling a while ago. And I found a a girl in Phoenix and it just, it didn't feel right. Like it just, it was not, it was not my vibe. So I ended up just saying, okay, I'm just going to wait until I move home and I'm going to go to my old counselor that I used to see there. So began the journey of um, just being in therapy. And I honestly, like I could say a million good, kind words about my counselor. She is literally an angel and she's just, she's amazing. And so she has kind of, you know, walked alongside me just in processing all of the things that I didn't process and whatever. Like I've always said, no, that's no regrets, no fault to me. I was going to process it in some time. You can only expect so much of yourself when you're going through things. I think that at first, the place that I was in, I was just hurting from so many different things. And that was majorly kind of what we spent our time talking about and unpacking and so much of that pain came back to this idea that I did not feel like I was in in a lot of environments where I could be my authentic self or at least that I could explore who I was and ask these really hard questions and I mean that relates to the episode I did about church and all of this stuff. And I I think that this is a crossroads, again, that a lot of people come to, especially in your mid-20s. It's like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? I got to get, get this stuff into gear. But anyway, so a, a lot of my qualms, I feel like, could be traced back to the fact that I just didn't feel, I didn't feel like I knew who I was. And therefore, I lacked a lot of purpose in my life. And I didn't feel like... I was able to be intentional in my friendships and I kind of always felt like I had to be striving for something or fixing something in my life. I didn't just feel like I could just be. So that's kind of what I discovered through a lot of our conversations. And then after a couple of months, we started talking about, I mean, off and on, I've struggled with anxiety, but I would say more so it always came to like, pleasing people and letting people down is when I would feel the most anxiety about things. And so that, you know, clearly would cause me to not make decisions for myself. <laughs> and I justified it because I would I just told myself that I was being selfless by doing that. But I don't always think that's the case. I think that you can be sacrificial for other people while still not sacrificing the entirety of who you are. But that is also something I've learned <laughs> recently through not doing it. So a lot of our conversations um, ended up landing on this idea of you actually know so much more than you think. And if you would just listen, if you would just trust your gut. And so many times my counselor would say that to me. And, and she started by encouraging me to just notice how I was feeling and where I was feeling it in my body. And at first I was kind of like, okay, (laughs) which I'm a pretty feely person. So the fact that that was like far out to me is funny, but I was like, okay. And I just tried. I would leave the session and just try for the next two weeks. And to be honest, it was not hard. It was just this idea of, okay, 
if I notice that I'm feeling off or I'm feeling irritated, frustrated, sad, whatever, and you don't have to know exactly why you feel something or how to fix it in order to acknowledge that that emotion or feeling is present. And that's something that I kind of had to rewire in my brain because if I felt something, I wanted to fix it instantly. But just this idea of sitting with it was new to me. And so I, you know, it's just day-to-day stuff. Like I didn't realize how many things I felt until I started trying to implement this practice of, okay, this makes me feel super irritated and I feel like, like upset in my stomach or just things like that. She had encouraged me, the more that you can get in touch with how you're feeling um, and where you're feeling it and in what moments, it doesn't mean you need to do anything about it. Like you don't have to make a decision. You don't just be present to yourself in that moment just breathe just acknowledge and and then she said and the more you can do that the more naturally and easily these decisions that you do need to make are going to be made or the little things like you're going to stop worrying really about the little things because what you're doing is you're building a relationship with yourself you're building rapport with your body and learning to trust that the way you feel is is legit and and I mean we've heard it said a million times what you feel isn't right or wrong it just is and so I think that's something important to keep in mind too but it is this practice of building a relation building trust with yourself and that was something that I didn't have before and I totally noticed it when I started trying to do just these little day-to-day things and everything that I was doing even just in the way I would respond to people afterwards I would feel weird or insecure or whatever and and I would kind of realize oh like that's actually not really what I wanted to say I just felt like I had to say that again it's not a formula but that is one thing that has totally totally changed the way that I talk to myself, the way that I think, what I believe, things like that. So, but it's really interesting because over the last week, because I noticed such a change in myself, and again, it wasn't all of a sudden, it was just like in that moment, whatever we were talking about, I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, I just did not realize that I'm in such a better place now. <laughs> and and such a big part of that was that I feel confident and I think I always thought that knowing who I am was like being able to give this blurb like this perfectly worded descriptive explanation of everything I care about everything I believe in what I'm good at that's just not what it is it truly is having this sense of security in trusting yourself that you are balanced honestly between, like I said, reason and emotion. And the more that I have attended to my intuition, the more I know that I know. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm going to say it again. The more I've attended to my intuition, to my gut feelings, the more that I, I guess, trust that I know. Because the interesting thing about our our gut, which there's a reason they call it the second brain. I mean, this stuff is fascinating, but it truly like it thinks for itself. You could literally detach your vagus nerve from 
your like the lower half of your body and it could completely run and function because it is that complex it's like a second brain in your body obviously it can't do all of the thinking and processing and stuff that your actual brain does but what's important to know is that your gut that second brain is constantly communicating to your regular brain and that is like so interesting to me because if you think about like an example is when you eat something sour um or not sour or just gross I don't know like your stomach feels sick and it tells your brain hey like something's off here And that's like one of the only times that we notice in our consciousness that those two are talking to each other. But what scientists say is that there's so much communication happening subconsciously, we have no idea. Like 90% of it is happening subconsciously. So everything that you experience, your body is experiencing it too. Or if you're watching somebody else experience it your body is experienced. It's gathering data and information. And so when you, that it's crazy. It's literally so fascinating to talk about. Mind is like, if you could see it, it feels like it's rainbow glowing colors right now because it's just like going, going, going. It's so interesting to me. But if you think about like, um, say you are experiencing something and you're like, I don't know what to do, but you actually kind of do, you know, your mind is telling you, okay, logically, I, I I don't know what to do. I can't process it this fast. But your body's telling you exactly what to do. I don't know if you've had that type of experience. I have it all the time. I, I mean, it goes back to fight or flight, same thing. And so it's like your body has actually stored and processed so much information that you're completely unaware of that it knows in a millisecond what to do. That's your fight or flight. So it's just, it's so crazy interesting. I mean, everything kind of starts to make sense. And so when you know that about your body, that you contain so much, I guess you could call it research. Like your everything you do, your body is researching and it is collecting that data and it's storing it for later. And so I'm not saying you're always going to make the right choice if you learn how to listen to your gut. Like oftentimes I do think it pays off to go with your gut. Because your gut aligns with your values and your beliefs and all of that. You as a whole person. And I think that's really cool and powerful. There's a, a lady, I think she's a psychologist, but her name is Joe Simpson. And she does, she talks, she talks about this idea of listening to the nudges and, and how we all have it. Like we all could, could verbally say oh I don't know what to do but deep down we know what to do you know what I mean you have this feeling and um it's so funny because all my life I have I've been that person that needs to go to a friend or my family and get affirmation because the minute something happens or I need to make a decision I almost already know what I want to do or what I feel like I should do, but I always feel like I need validation before I make the decision. So I go and I have these conversations and and regardless of if they tell me what I want to hear or not, I'm, I usually make the decision that aligns with my gut. But I just think it's interesting that we doubt ourselves in that way. And I'm not saying it's bad to ask for advice or to ask for opinions because I don't think that our bodies know everything things are a lot more complex than that a lot of the time but I just think it's funny because I have 
really tried to practice because I know that's something I've struggled with in the past is needing the approval of everybody around me. I've been trying and with my counselor, she's encouraged me to do this, but I've been trying to only be present to how I feel or the decision I want to make. And obviously there's this, this, you know, this, what's the word? Oh my gosh. Disclaimer that, you know, if, if your gut's telling you to go kill somebody, let's not listen to the gut. Okay. I don't think that would happen, but you know what I mean? This is all with a grain of salt, but I think for the most part, it's a very interesting thing to implement is to practice listening to yourself and depending on yourself. And that's not forever. I think because as my counselor told me, the more that you practice it, the more that you can actually learn to live with that balance of knowing when you need to seek the advice of other people or when something is actually just a personal thing to you or between you and God. And that's a whole other thing when you bring spirituality into it. Oh, baby, we could get into that on a different one. But this is just too complex to even touch on that because that is just deep stuff. But let's just say... I do believe that the Holy Spirit and the gut, you know, I think they work together. Let's just say that. This lady, Jo Simpson, like I said, she has this TED Talk and it's called The Courage to Trust Yourself, Listen to the Nudges. And it's just so interesting and empowering, honestly, because I I just always felt like feeling my feelings or deciding things for myself was selfish But I think that there's so many daily decisions that we make that actually don't affect other people as much as we think. And sometimes things need to be about other people and you need to make sacrifices. I think, honestly, I think we are all so rooted and good that most of the time it's our gut telling us to make the sacrifice or to be there for somebody and us just not wanting to do it so we don't listen. I think that our usually our intuition tells us to do the harder thing, which is interesting. But in this talk, she she gives three questions to kind of ask yourself to help identify really who you are and build that relationship of trust with yourself. And so the first one is what's important to you? Second is what do you enjoy? Basically like what drives you in life? And then what frustrates you? So those are all kind of three locators in like who you are and what you value. But again, I always thought it was so cookie cutter. And I, but I think now, you know what? It's so funny because (laughs) the more I talk, the more I'm like, I'm actually not giving anybody any answers at all. But that's the answer is that there aren't answers. And the longer that I kind of, am on this like journey of I don't know self-healing and self-compassion the more I realize it's actually really fine that I don't know and that tomorrow I might think something different with what I know tomorrow you know so anyways that's that's kind of the wavelength I'm on but to go back to what I was saying is is your identity is not cookie cutter It is a day-to-day thing, but what has helped me so much is is building that trust with myself that I actually can do the right thing and that what I believe is good enough and that what I can give is good enough and that having boundaries doesn't make me a bad person. 
or bad friend. Um, but yeah, it's all goes back to this balance. And I have found so much peace in that. Like I literally, you guys, I've not ever felt this secure in who I am and what I believe. And it took some hard work to get here for sure. And some hard things. Like everything that I've gone through in the last year, it feels like it's just a mixed bag of random crap that I (laughs) had to process. But I think that's just so true for everyone in their story. And, And that is what makes you who you are. And so this idea that we're always growing and changing and that's okay. But if you can feel centered right now and believe that you are on the right track and that you're enough, it just changes the game, y'all. It do. It really changes. Also, crazy story. So back to the whole vagus nerve thing. Everything about our like central nervous system and our brain, I just think it is so fascinating. But this is a little side story. My friend Connor, his dad's a physical therapist. And one summer I was at Laguna Beach with them. I had been telling them, you know, I was really struggling with a lot of anxiety and it would just come up at random times. And his dad was telling me about this little device that he developed for people who had served in the military or in the armed forces and they were suffering from PTSD. And so basically what it was, if you don't know, your your vagus nerve runs kind of all through your body. It's what connects your brain to your central nervous system, your gut. So that's kind of like the messenger tube between the two things and how they communicate. But so much stuff. I mean, if you like look up your vagus nerve, there's so much research on it and it's so cool. But basically, he was saying that this device, it's two little clips. You put them on your earlobes because that's like one of the only ways you can like kind of access your vagus nerve. And you put the two clips on your earlobes and then you lay down and it, I, I kid you not, it was the weirdest thing. It did like little tiny shocks back and forth to each ear. Like it didn't hurt, but it was just like a little shock to each earlobe back and forth. And it literally made me, I felt like I was on a boat swinging from side to side. I didn't get sick or anything because I was laying down and I kind of knew what was going on. And I did it for 15 minutes. I just laid there. And he was like, okay, you're going to feel like you had a glass of wine when you get up. And I for sure did. It was so bizarre. And so he's explaining to me kind of how it works. And that rhythm that it was doing was regulating my my nervous system through my vagus nerve. And then he said, that's why we like rock babies to sleep and all of these things, because that motion almost soothes your nervous system. Anyways, it's a lot. There's a lot of that like sciencey stuff involved in it but that was just like a crazy example of the power of our nervous system and taking care of our gut and things like that so when I bash on these gut people I'm not really bashing on them I just think sometimes it's excessive so excessive that it feels like okay I could never actually do any of this because it's so much that I'm doing wrong but truly I mean so much of your health comes from your gut and here's the thing too our gut produces dopamine and serotonin and so think back to um cavemen when they when they were alive they needed certain foods to survive so they needed to find things with carbs and sugar and protein and things like that and so when they would eat that their gut would then tell their brain okay look for more of this stuff because this is good for you and that's like them developing and then now now look at us our bodies have literally 
throughout history been trained to produce serotonin and dopamine when we eat sugary foods or carb-loaded foods because it's telling our brain, like, okay, you need this to survive, but it's, like, to an excessive amount, you know? Anyways, it's just so interesting. But it's all connected. It's all connected. So it's just very, very cool. And I and I I give you permission to do that. And I'm letting you know that it's not selfish and that it actually will make you a better friend and a better person. And um yeah. So this is your green green light to try and be more present um, with the ways that you're feeling and um, the things that you're thinking and really just identify or develop, develop trust with um, the things that you do day to day. Okay, if this is something that you really feel like you've resonated with and you want to kind of explore more and learn more about, just this idea of developing a stronger in more trusting relationship with yourself and figuring out kind of who you are, which I don't think that I even did it with the intention of finding out who I was. I think that's just something that kind of naturally happens along the way when we learn to just be present to the way that we're feeling. And not that everything is feelings-based or emotions-based. I think sometimes our emotions can lead us to do not-so-great things, but you get what I'm saying. Obviously, I ain't no therapist, but I can tell you what mine told me. I guess I'll just leave you with a couple of things that you can kind of explore, dig more into. The first one is, is like I said, to practice this day-to-day awareness and just acknowledging how you're feeling in certain moments. Whether it's somebody says something to you and it's kind of upsetting and you have to take a step back and say, okay do I feel mad? Am I frustrated? Am I disappointed? Am I sad? Things like that. Just kind of almost watching things as they pop up, float down the river, but acknowledging that they're there and continuing to get a better grasp of how you feel when you're experiencing certain things. And the more that you do that, the more it becomes just a habit and you do it subconsciously. So you're not going to have to like step back. I'm not going to just drill this into the ground because I kind of already have. So that's the first thing that you can kind of try to implement. The second thing I would totally recommend reading Brene Brown's book called Atlas of the Heart. Basically what it is is a map of us as humans and every emotion that we can feel. And so she really, I mean, she's done research over years. I think I've talked about it in a different podcast, but she like literally has dedicated her life to breaking down the different emotions that we feel and, and why we feel them and kind of how to navigate them and what the roots are and how they can turn into other things. And it's just super fascinating. It literally is an atlas of the heart. It's just so, so enlightening and insightful. And it's really helped me to identify what I'm experiencing and what to do about it and how to process certain things that are feel really big and heavy. So definitely recommend that book. And then the third thing is I recommend you go watch that TED Talk that I was talking about. So it's by Joe Simpson. It's called the courage to trust yourself, listen to the nudges. And it's just really good. It's like 15 minutes, I think. But she just kind of gives some really good examples. If this like whole idea doesn't really make sense, I feel like 
the examples she gives are pretty relatable. So anyways, um, those are just a couple things that you could do if this is something you're interested in. Again, I think just be the whole idea is being open to it, being open to growing and learning and changing as a person and that those things don't need to be negative. There's just all this pressure sometimes, at least personally, that's what I felt. And so I think that's the biggest first step in the journey is just being open and knowing that it's okay if you change your mind or if you are different tomorrow. But you know what? You're trying. So that's what matters. But yeah. Uh, okay. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I hope you go and buy the hatch alarm clock and also the bathrobe because to be honest, between those two purchases and learning more how to trust my gut every day, I mean, as you can tell, I am just absolutely thriving. <laughs> so anyways, don't take my advice. Do not spend your money. Somebody take my debit card away. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Stay cool.